Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on and abolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome. Welcome to the broadcast. As we edge ever closer to Thanksgiving Day. It's good to be back with you. I've got to tell you, I continue to be really intrigued and encouraged as I see more and more information come out about the man who we've now identified as a hero in the shooting in Colorado Springs. Not surprisingly, we find out he's got a military background. (laughs) And... Do you ever have an experience where you're watching TV? I mean, there are some people that are interviewed for stories and they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. There are some people that you see that you just think, wow, I really like this person. That is the case with a man named Richard Fierro. We now have a name to go with the story that you've heard over the past couple of days about the heroism that took place inside this nightclub. Turns out this guy is a decorated Army veteran who tackled the shooter, the one who killed five people in that bar. It's also interesting... And this is another reason why (laughs) I tell people all the time, and I'm speaking to myself when I say this, we have to be so careful about making judgments about people. At the end of the day, in one sense, it doesn't really matter. Someone's background, what they're doing, their sexual preference, whatever it is. What's intriguing about this, this decorated army veteran has a wife and daughter. (laughs) Totally unexpected, probably to a lot of people. Mr. Fierro happened to be at Club Q celebrating a birthday with his wife, their daughter, and her friends. He ended up being one of two people who subdued the attacker, armed with AR-15-style rifle and wearing a flak vest. You're going to hear just a compilation of some of the things that he said during an interview. I believe this was an interview with NBC. And this will give you a sense of who this guy is. And, you know, one of the things I like about this is the humility. In fact, one of the investigators on this case made this very observation. He was really impressed by, despite all the attention this guy's getting, how humble he is. One of the things he said, I didn't ask for this. He said he was there to watch his daughter's junior prom date perform. I'm not a hero. I'm just some dude 
If only more of us had this perspective on life. I'm just some dude. If only more of our politicians had this perspective. I'm just some dude. Fierro served in the military for 15 years, tours in Iraq and Afghanistan before leaving as a major. Authorities have identified Mr. Fierro and Thomas James as the patrons who stopped the gunman after he opened fire just before midnight. It was Mayor John Suthers who said, I've never experienced a person who engaged in such heroic actions who was so humble about it. He simply said to me, I was trying to protect my family. And you'll hear him say just that. Let's start here first. The guy who has been identified as the hero at the club, Richard Fierro. Listen up. Yes. I just know I got into mode and I needed to save my family. And that family was, at that time, everybody in that room. Um, and that's what I, I, I was trained to do. I saw him and I went and got him. And when I pulled him down, I, 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 I told him I was hitting him. I, I want to kill you, guy. He killed, he killed a family member. I, I, I'm, I'm an emotional guy, but I also, you know, I, I try not to be that, you know. Um, I try to be strong for my family. I tried to save people and I didn't work for five, okay? There's five people that aren't home right now. And I, I thank God and it's Thanksgiving. I went through this at Thanksgiving in Iraq, man. We lost the dudes. <sighs> I really hope people kind of use this and, and shake someone's hand, give someone a hug, give them a kiss. I, <sighs> These are good people, man. These were all kids. They were, this, the guy, uh, Joshua, uh, who was dancing with my daughter and my wife and Joanne. He grabbed my daughter and they went and hid. He saved my daughter's life, man. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I just did what I had to do, okay? Um, I know I'm not professional. I want those five families to know that's all I care about. I want those that are in the hospital right now, get better. Please get better. I, I, we went out to see a show and have a good time. And thank God Raymond was smiling and he was dancing with my kid. And my daughter got to spend her last day with him happy. And that community, I love that community. So what do you think? Do you have the same sense about this that I do? This is just a really likable guy. Across the board. The genuineness just really comes through, doesn't it? Here's a little bit more on the response, but also he talks about the other person who came to help him. And it turns out it was a person who was performing, a drag performer. <laughs> and the way this is described, it's it's just priceless. Uh, listen up. It's the reflex. Go. Go to the fire. Stop the action. Stop the activity. Don't let no one get hurt. 
I told her, kick this guy, kick this guy. And she took her high heel and stuffed it in his face. <laughs> the image of this is, it's really hilarious. You know, to think of this person being subdued in this way, which is pretty awesome. Amid the tragedy that occurred there, this is such an encouraging story of heroism. Still to come in the broadcast, we're going to talk about some new information that's come out that certainly provides a new wrinkle in the investigation. We're going to tell you what that detail is. This is yet another thing that we have not considered in these kinds of situations of tracking people who may be a potential threat. Also coming up on the broadcast, we will talk about an update on that Shaw University group. Well, it turns out there is a formal complaint with the Justice Department. We'll go into that and much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, over on the text line. This texture making reference to something we'll talk about a little bit later on, the possibility of a rail strike. How about that Biden deal with rail workers before the election? Now we find out differently. What a lying clown. Yeah, supposedly this was resolved, wasn't it? What happened? <laughs> Vince, the media will forget about this LGBT nightclub shooting because the hero was a straight guy. Well, I assure you, they will not. This person says sometimes toxic masculinity, put that in quotes, is okay. This person says I'm happy he cracked that idiot's skull a few times with his own gun. This text is really right on the money. I think most Americans are like this veteran hero. I believe most Americans don't care about your sexual orientation, your race, your gender, whatever the case may be. The left is opposed to us being like this, and this guy being like this. The left is opposed to us being united. The left wants us divided, which is absolutely true. Everything has to be abs adversarial, which you will hear a little bit later on from one advocate who believes she knows why this has happened. I, I knew it was just a matter of time before we went down the road of blame. We're going to hear about guns. We're going to hear about hate speech. Just all of these things. And let me just remind you again, because nobody, nobody, is more consistent in engaging people <laughs> in terms of talk radio programs. I live what I proclaim here, which is my love for everybody. So it 
really frosts me when I hear these people who are basically just trying to stir up dissension and take a situation where there's real opportunity for unity and people coming together and fanning flames. You're going to hear a person who is doing just that in just a bit. In the meantime, if you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, it is 71307. We've had a lot of discussions, as you might expect, when we've had these shootings about how do we deal with these things? What is the solution? Is there a solution? Now, I repeat what I've said plenty of times before. At the core of this question is just the basic idea and the understanding I have that you cannot legislate evil. You can't legislate the end of evil. That's really what people are looking for. As primitive as the killing of Abel by Cain, someone with ill intent will always find a way to carry out whatever type of evil they want to carry out. The weapon is simply a means of accomplishing that. Remember I told you about one of the worst school incidents? Did not involve guns so much. It involved bombs. And it was decades ago. So someone with really evil intent, they're going to find ways to carry out what's in their heart. This is ultimately a problem with the human heart. And we need to continue to isolate that to where it is. The human heart. And stop trying to connect dots where there's no connection. You'll hear somebody trying to do that very thing coming up in just a bit. First, I want to tell you of some new information that we have learned about the man who carried out the violence. Now, please do not hear what I'm not saying. But let me tell you something. One of the reasons why we have incidents like this, I heard the saying years ago, it's not new, hurt people hurt people. And so many times when we look back in the histories of some of these guys, we find trauma, things that were done to them. And please understand, I am not giving this as an excuse. But it's kind of interesting. This is some of what we are learning now. Anchorage Daily News reporting the troubled past of Colorado Club shooting suspect obscured, obscured by a name change. Years before he allegedly walked into that Colorado bar with an assault-style rifle, the man now known as Anderson Lee Aldrich had a different name, and a tumultuous past. Until age 15, he was known as Nicholas Brink, living in San Antonio. Public records show this. His parents separated when he was a toddler. 
And when he was 12, his mother, Laura Vopel, was arrested for suspected arson, according to court documents. She was later found guilty of a lesser offense in connection with the same incident. At 15, he became the target of a particularly vicious bout of online bullying in which insulting accusations were posted to a website along with his name, photos, and online aliases. At some point, a YouTube account was created under his name, featuring a crude, profanity-laden animation under the title, Asian Homosexual Gets Molested. Isn't this picture becoming clearer, folks? For unstated reasons, just before his 16th birthday, the young man petitioned the Texas court with two of his grandparents' names on the document to legally change his entire name. His mother's name did not appear on the petition. Nicholas F. Brink became Anderson Lee Aldrich, who at 22 would gain infamy as the suspected shooter accused of killing at least five people and wounding 18 others inside the Colorado Springs bar known as Club Q. The reasons behind the choice of this new name? Unclear. Now we understand a little more, don't we? Stay with us. So I'm looking at the uh, TV monitor here. And Fox is just going through a number of house races that still haven't been called yet. Can you believe that? There was one that was showing 71% of the vote counted. What in the world? We are two weeks, is it two weeks now, removed from the election? And their race is still not called. This is an outrage. Absolutely crazy is what it is. Over on the text line, I agree with you, Vince. Evil people like the lady who put her two-year-old baby in a trash bag. They found his remains of the landfill. Chris out of Shelby. That's certainly evil. Vince, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Guess we need to ban and outlaw knives now because that killer in Moscow massacred those poor innocent students. Vince, all the arguments you make in support of guns, AR-15, I can make in support of drugs. They don't kill anybody. It's the use of them. But you're definitely opposed to that. Hypocrisy is not a virtue. I'm opposed to what? Just curious. Jesus commanded to us, not suggested to us, to love the sinner. The world is an ever-increasingly dark place that it is. You literally just made the argument for gay marriage, weed, and abortion. How about you fight your battle for the human heart on a level playing field? By leaving it as a choice, let the rest of us live our lives, and you, devout Christians, can make the choice not to smoke weed, get abortions, or marry someone of the same sex. Those don't go into the same category, excuse me. Smoking pot and gay marriage, in my opinion, don't go into the same category as abortion. It's fine to have a conversation about what you do with your body. With abortion, we're talking about another life with a separate DNA. Just saying. 
You notice the networks don't show the nightclub shooter. Seems to be a policy with all these mass shootings. You don't see pictures in the media of the suspect. Could it be because they're all young white guys? (laughs) I'll see plenty of pictures when black guys are involved in shootings. But... Where did the rest of this text go? It has disappeared. Vince, I'm shocked by all the gaslighting going on by our mainstream media. They're blaming people not involved, like Tucker Carlson and Lauren Boebert. They seem to thrive on division. We need more people like you in the mainstream, Vince. That's from Jeff. Interesting. Ah, boy. This person responding to the previous text about legalizing things. Guns are used for self-defense. Narcotics are not. (laughs) By the way, guns are mentioned in our Constitution. And pot is not. Totally different conversation. Which is not to say that I completely disagree with everything that you communicated. I have communicated that I think the war on drugs is a waste of time and a waste of money. And like other wars, our government has waged really haven't gone very well, have they? The war on poverty. How is that going? This is crazy. So we started to tell you about this young man, Nicholas Brink. Who had a name change at age 16. Actually, this took place at age 15 with the help of his grandparents. Now, again, we still don't know what the motive is, and this is kind of intriguing. We don't know the motive. Whether the events of Aldrich's childhood had any bearing on Saturday's horrific violence is unknown. But Aldrich's earlier existence as Nicholas Brink reported for the first time offers possible answers to several key mysteries surrounding the suspected gunman. Public records and databases were oddly silent about Aldrich for the first two decades of his life. Now we know why, don't we? June 2021. Have you seen this video, by the way, when he was arrested for an alleged bomb threat? One that prompted a partial evacuation of the Colorado Springs neighborhood where his mother lived at the time. He was charged with kidnapping and felony menacing. Never prosecuted for reasons that remain unclear. No bomb was ever found. Despite his run-in with the law some 17 months later, Aldrich was in possession of at least one weapon, a long gun, which he allegedly used in targeting customers and employees inside a nightclub... Long seen as a safe haven for the city's gay and lesbian communities. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints confirmed in a statement to the Post the alleged shooter was on the membership rolls of the church, but had not been active in the Colorado Springs locations to the best of their knowledge. The church, which until 2019 described people in same-sex marriages as apostates, condemned the shooting in a statement. The senseless act of violence in Colorado Springs is great sadness and concern to us. We're greatly troubled by any violence in our communities and condemn most especially violent acts 
that are the result of intolerance against any of God's children. Now, the mayor of Colorado Springs said the shooting had the trappings of a hate crime. But at this point, we don't have the evidence to confirm that that's what this is. We really don't know. By the way, Aldrich is still in the hospital. And authorities are not discussing his medical condition. So, this is an interesting bit of information about his background, his life experience. And one of the things I've said before, it's another example of what happens, the evidence of hurt people hurting people. Now, I I encourage you all the time to make a difference just in the circle that you are in. You just never know that person that you show kindness to, that you care for. Who knows what might be intercepted just in the process of loving someone and being a decent human being. Still to come to the broadcast, you're going to hear part of the blame game. Yes, you knew it was a matter of time before someone would come out and try to connect dots that really cannot be connected. This is really reprehensible, but it's typical. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Over on the text line, how much blame do we put at the authorities' feet for not charging him after that bomb threat? Something should have come of that. Should have known he would be on the brink of doing something evil. Did I just hear a pun in that? Probably why he changed his name. Jeff, you are cut off. You just wait till I meet you. (laughs) Oh my goodness, on the brink. And we also have this interesting text. And I think this is probably one of the most insightful things that's been on the text line today in light of what we have learned about his earlier life and the name change. Here is what this texture says. I would think the motive is anger and confusion over his sexuality and possible molestation now this is pure speculation but I think this texture may be onto something about an internal struggle that's going on potentially I'm just putting this out there this base this texture may be onto something I want to quickly get to this because this is the kind of thing you're going to continue to hear. This is the organization GLAD, their CEO, Sarah Kate Ellis. And from everything I've seen, this woman is very much part of the Alphabet Mafia. 
these folks are determined to connect dots everywhere, even where dots are not proven to be connected. But we're turning her loose right now. This is Sarah Ellis appearing on NBC, basically blaming guns and blaming politicians. Notice the names that she mentions. Listen up. Yeah, I think it's driven by two things um, primarily. One is the rhetoric that's coming out from politicians. They're using our community as political footballs, and they're spreading lies and hate about our community. Just this past year, this past year alone, there have been over 300 anti-LGBTQ bills proposed. 300 against a community that's not looking for anything. Um, so I, I think there's that. And then add, couple that with social media platforms that are monetizing hate, that are monetizing lies. They're making money off of spreading hate and they're not stopping and they have the tools to stop it. So it's incredibly frustrating to see something like Saturday night happen when you know what's driving it. Whatever the motive comes out, to be we know that there is an increase in this culture of hate and rhetoric around our community that is resulting in world real world harm and even a report that we're about to release shows that in the past year there have been either 100 violent attacks or threats of violence against drag events across this country in this country um, Brunches. I mean, we're talking about brunch people. So I think that DeSantis, Boebert, they have blood on their hands on this. They have to stop spreading lies. These are lies that they're spreading and they're causing pain and death and murder against our, our community. In addition to insufficient gun safety in this country. Couple that all together and you have what happened on Saturday night. And you have it, you know, in this city alone, in New York City, on Saturday night, a brick was thrown through a gay bar in Hell's Kitchen. That's the fourth time that happened in a week to that bar. So you can see whether or not the motive on Saturday night turns out to be hate, which we it all it looks like it's pointing that way. It's still an environment and a culture that we're living in and that politicians are leading. They're leading this hate. So we need them to stop. See, this is the kind of thing that continues to stir the pot. First off, I mean, <laughs> you know, notice how she describes 300 anti-LGBT bills. What is she talking about? And I know one example is probably in Florida, where there's an effort, successful effort, to keep sexual content and conversation away from freaking children. If you think this is anti-LGBTQ, you need your freaking head examined, young woman. This is nonsense. Just because people don't want their children brainwashed and the subjects of propaganda doesn't mean they have any hostile thoughts towards you or anybody else. And to put Ms. Bulbert in the same category with Ron DeSantis, this is so intellectually dishonest, profoundly dishonest. And I want to make it very clear. I'm not a fan of Ms. Bulbert. I'm not. 
But this goes to show you how they put everybody in the same category, the way they would never want you to do with them. They are bigots! Yes, I'm saying it. She is a bigot. And the first place you need to look for hate is in your own freaking heart. Start there before you start preaching at other people. Transformation Tuesday, straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. <laughs> What's got you all exercised, this texter asks. Sounds like you need a Transformation Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Don't we all? On the shooter in this incident, the massacre that occurred on Saturday, Vince, we can all speculate as to why he did what he did all day long, but some people just do bad things sometimes. We can't legislate our way out of this. That's exactly what I've been saying. This texture responding to the glad woman. All the bills have been for children and women, not anti-LGBT. Unless they are for kids at drag shows, men and women's sports, and gay porn in schools. Yeah. You ran out of the money. See, this turns into this unnecessarily adversarial thing. And, frankly, I know a lot of people, they, they are in this place, in the gay community. They just want to mind their own business, and they're not into this putting things in people's faces and being obnoxious. And I don't care what you're obnoxious about. And, yes, I can say you can be obnoxious about religion. Yes, I said it. But you can be obnoxious about any number of things. Sports? That can be obnoxious. This person says, So protecting children takes a back seat to the LGBTQ wish list. Of course. The alphabet mafia insist on separating themselves from the rest of us by withdrawing to their own community, then accuse us of ostracizing them. Vince, I believe the more the LGBTQ community wants to shove their lifestyle in your face in TV shows, parades, school systems, seduce children into changing their sex, the more the LGBT community will get attacked. I'm not condoning violence, just making an observation. Well, I think we've got to be careful about that. Ah, oh, my goodness. What do we have here? Let's jump into Transformation Tuesday, shall we? Before we talk about the rail strike, 
and the complaint that has been filed against authorities in the upstate. We began with Transformation Tuesday, another Steve Crosby item here. I, I love Steve. Steve and I had a great conversation on Sunday. It was just such a blessing. So refreshing to converse with him. I mentioned he's one of the people I consider an elder in my life. And he has literally decades of ministry experience and life experience that just, it's made such a difference for me. Really has. One of the things I love about Steve is how refreshingly straightforward he is. He's a person who is also very, um, how should I put it, blunt. (laughs) I consider him to be a prophet. And he's probably one of the edgy, more, uh, one of the, uh, how, how, what's the word for it? He's very edgy. I'll put it that way. In term, and when I say edgy, I mean that he, uh, he doesn't pull back punches at all, which you hear in this particular post. Here's what Steve posted the other day. I grew up under the strong influence of some very elitist teaching regarding the manifestation of the sons of God from Romans 8. The teaching goes by different names. Joel's army, the overcomers, the man-child, man-child company, the Elijah company, and others. The end result was suffocating, oppressive elitism, though we would have emphatically denied it at the time. Folks, would you listen to this very carefully? <laughs> I, I love the simplicity of this, and especially the season of life that I'm in. It so resonates. He lists two things, two simple things. What if the followers of Jesus could focus on two simple things? I'm just going to warn you. Some of you are going to want to find a safe space for this first one, the way he expresses it. But I'm all for it, because I get it. Number one, dear Jesus, help me not be a Christian jackass today. My goodness. Two, dear Jesus, help me bring relief to creation today in any way, in any realm that I can. Amen. What if these simple things could transform our lives, our circumstances, churches, and the world? I think they can and are doing so. Just not many people practicing either. Too busy working hard at being right about what the Bible says. Whoa. We spend a whole lot of time proving how right we are. And this carries into the political realm, too, doesn't it? And this very elitist, self-righteous thing, it, it bleeds into everything we do. So it's so important. So vitally important that we transcend this. Again, Help me not be a Christian jackass today. Help me bring relief to creation today in any way, in any realm, 
that I can. I love this. I'm also looking for something that I came across just yesterday. It was a post from a friend of mine that really tied in with this. And I have a bad feeling I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, here it is. Because I think it ties in with this first item. And this is posted by uh, a pastor. His name is Benjamin Creamer, I believe it is. My friend Lisa posted this. Religious idolatry for us Christians at its core is when we love our beliefs about God and people more than we ever actually love God and people. Oh my gosh. When I saw that yesterday, I thought, this is at the core of so much that dogs us. We love our beliefs about God and others more than we love God and others. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how <laughs> we fall into the trap. Love to get your thoughts on this. Still to come, we will discuss the possibility of a rail strike. What could be the possible impact of this? That much more as we continue. Stay with us. couple of items here on the text line of interest. This one from Jeff. Vince, so many people out there are Christians in name only, with no real substance. I'm striving to improve my relationship with God and my fellow brethren. But if by don't be a Christian jackass, you mean don't claim to be a Christian but vote Democrat. Well, I'm accomplishing that. Your favorite knucklehead. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> And we have this. I really love this text. I really believe it gets to the heart of where so many people are. You see, where we get into trouble is it's these advocates who are on the edge, allegedly advocating for all of us, whatever it is they think they're advocating for. When they're, most of us just want to mind our business. We're not trying to impose anything on people and trying to interfere in their lives. Listen to this text. Vince is a gay man. All I want to do is take care of my family, work hard every day, take care of my country and love God. I don't want gay blank. <laughs> in schools. And I sure the heck do not want drag queens reading to children. This kind of crap has to stop. God bless you in everything you do. I know there are some people who are going to have manifestations. Well, how can he say he loves God and he's gay? Take that conversation somewhere else. Just take it somewhere else. I'm just saying, this is a person who... Just trying to live his life, mind his business, and he's not trying to impose anything on anybody else. It's very simple. It's not complicated, folks, at all. 
So now we've got the looming rail strike. Oh, I thought this is something Joe Biden. Maybe we'll have that audio tomorrow. Remember Joe Biden was crowing about how he brought resolution to this? Well, apparently the leadership thought it was a great idea, the deal. But when they finally voted, uh, no, they don't want this. Now, Associated Press reporting American consumers nearly every industry will be affected if freight trains grind to a halt next month. One of the biggest rail unions rejected its deal, joining three others that have failed to approve contracts over concerns about demanding schedules and a lack of paid sick time. This raises the risk of a strike, which could start as soon as December 5th. That's coming up. It wouldn't take long for the effects of a rail strike to trickle through the economy. Many businesses only have a few days worth of raw materials and space for finished goods. Makers of food, fuel, cars, chemicals. They would all feel the squeeze, as would we, their customers. Not to mention the commuters who would be left stranded because many passenger railroads use tracks owned by the freight railroads. The stakes high for the economy, so high. Congress expected to intervene and impose contract terms on railroad railroad workers if necessary. The last time U.S. railroads went on strike, 1992, that strike lasted two days before Congress intervened. An extended rail shutdown has not happened for a century, partly because a law passed in 1926 that governs rail negotiations made it much harder for workers to strike. Here are some of the expected impacts of a rail strike. You know what the cost of it would be to our economy? $2 billion a day. $2 billion. How's this fact for you? Railroads haul about 40% of the nation's freight each year. 40%. I mentioned that $2 billion cost to the economy a day. A day. Another recent report put together by a chemical industry trade group projected if a strike drags on for a month, some 700,000 jobs would be lost as manufacturers who rely on railroads shut down. Prices of nearly everything would increase even more, and the economy would be thrust into a recession. By the way, I was at the store yesterday evening. I ran into a friend of mine who was buying groceries for Thanksgiving. I mean, the prices were, they blew my mind. Some of these items, it, it just, it blew my mind already. Can you imagine throwing a rail strike on top of this, creating more supply issues? And we certainly would be heading down the road to recession. Although some businesses would try to shift shipments over to trucks, there aren't enough available. The Association of American Railroads Trade Group estimated 467,000 additional trucks a day would be needed to handle everything railroads deliver. <laughs> Where are you going to find that many trucks? It's just not going to happen. Chemical manufacturers, refineries would be some of the first businesses affected because railroads will stop shipping hazardous chemicals about a week before the strike deadline to ensure no tank cars filled with dangerous liquids wind up stranded. Jeff Sloan with the American Chemistry Council trade group said chemical plants 
could be close to shutting down by the time a rail strike actually begins because of that. This means the chlorine that water treatment plants rely rely on to purify water, which they might only have about a week's supply of on hand, would become hard to get. It will be hard for manufacturers to make anything out of plastic without the chemicals that are part of the formula. Consumers will also pay more for gasoline if refineries shut down, either because they can't get the ingredients they need to make fuel, or because railroads aren't available to haul away the byproducts, like sulfur. Then we have the passenger issue. Roughly half of all commuter rail systems rely at least in part on tracks that are owned by freight railroads. Did you know that? Nearly all of Amtrak's long-distance trains run over the freight network. Back in September, Amtrak canceled all of its long-distance trains ahead of the strike deadline to ensure passengers wouldn't be left stranded in remote parts of the country while still en route to their destination. Wouldn't that be a mess? Just a sampling of what could happen, what we hope does not happen. We have time to take a call, very patient caller, who's been wanting to talk about the Colorado Club shooting. Robert, uh, you have about a minute. Uh, take it away, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my phone call. Um, good show, as always. Um, like you said, we can't legislate evil out of uh, people's hearts or out of their minds. It's, it's just not possible. Uh, the common thread on all of these mass shootings, if you look back, um, the warning signs are there with all these people that are that are doing this stuff um, over time, you know. And unfortunately, nothing, nobody's proactive about it. Family members, uh, law enforcement sometimes, you know, fails to to react. Um, can't blame it all on them either. But a lot of times, there's the warning signs are there, and uh, people just kind of ignore it and. Um, and this is what happens, and it's it's sad, and thank God that that guy was in that bar that night, because there's no telling how many more lives would have been taken out. And uh, once again, uh, Vince, uh, appreciate you taking my phone call. Hey, thanks a lot for calling, Robert. Just a reminder to all of us, uh, keep our eyes and ears open. Essential all the time. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program and over on the text line about the possible rail strike. Don't worry, Joe will come in at the last minute and keep the railroad running. He has to help because of all the money the union has given to the Democrat Party. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So Congress is going to intervene to force the railroad workers to go to work just in time to not have any diesel to run the trains. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. I told you we want to give you an update on what's going on. An incident we told you about a few weeks ago on this broadcast. You may remember the traffic stop involving the bus from Shaw University. Remember that? 
The student's belongings were searched during an October traffic stop on I-85 in Spartanburg County. We played some audio of the incidents. We described to you the video, which was pretty extraordinary in terms of the lack of anything of consequence for somebody to complain about, other than the inconvenience of being stopped. Who has not been stopped? Now, Shaw University has filed a complaint with the Department of Justice over this traffic stop. 18 students from Shaw University were on the bus when Spartanburg and Cherokee County deputies say they pulled over the driver for swerving out of his lane. The complaint says the university isn't aware of any video that shows the bus swerving or supports the traffic stop. Well, of course there isn't. Shaw University president Dr. Paulette Dillard believes it was unnecessary and racially motivated. Of course, everything is. Everything is racially motivated. I want to say to our students, I'm sorry you had to go through that experience. Shaw is a historically black university. On Monday, both sheriffs declined to comment on the university's new complaint, but last month the deputies involved denied claims of discrimination. Dillard said the way the stop progressed is part of a bigger problem. The real issue is why and how a minor traffic violation immediately turned into a drug search. Sheriff said the stop happened during Operation Rolling Thunder, a yearly operation in South Carolina that works to get illegal contraband off of the interstate. Deputies use a drug-sniffing dog that hit on one bag. They searched it, didn't find anything. But the DOJ complaint accuses deputies of searching several others without students' consent. The additional bags they opened were green and purple and blue. They were not the original bag. There was a continued search to find contraband. They did not find anything except for the donuts and prescription allergy medication. That's according to an attorney. Representing Shaw University. The complaint also claims Operation Rolling Thunder appears to create a perverse incentive for officers to trample the rights of innocent motorists in the pursuit of awards. (laughs) Folks, this is one of the reasons why people are tired. And I'm just going to say this. This is why people are tired of conversations about race, because people like this have made everything about race. It's like the boy who cried wolf. You keep saying this over and over and over again. And when you see the video and you see how flimsy this complaint is, it just makes you want to cuss. I'm a black man and I'm saying that. And I'm also standing with my black brother, who is one of the deputies who is involved in the stop. This is ridiculous. But unfortunately, we have a highly politicized Department of Justice. It wouldn't surprise me if they do drag this group of officers through the mud for some sort of political purposes. It really is nauseating. How many of you watched the show... What is the show called? 
Crisley knows best? Did you hear about what's happened here? Todd and Julie Crisley have been sentenced to lengthy prison terms after convictions on charges including bank fraud and tax evasion. The judge has given Todd Crisley 12 years in prison, 16 months probation, Julie Crisley, seven years behind bars, 16 months of probation. Federal prosecutors said the couple engaged in an extensive bank fraud scheme and then hid their wealth from tax authorities while flaunting their lavish lifestyle. Prosecutors wrote the Crisleys have built an empire based on the lie that their wealth came from dedication and hard work. The jury's unanimous verdict sets the record straight. Julie and Todd Crisley are career swindlers who made a living by jumping from one fraud scheme to another, lying to banks, stiffing vendors, and evading taxes at every corner. Todd Crisley's attorney argued in a court filing he should not face more than nine years in prison. Julie's said a reasonable sentence for her would be probation with special conditions and no prison time. By the way, the Chrisleys apparently submitted a false document to a grand jury that was investigating their crimes and then convinced friends and family members to lie under oath during their trial, according to prosecutors. Saying that neither has shown any remorse. They've instead blamed others for their criminal conduct. What a mess. So, unless there is some sort of appeal that is successful... These two are going to prison. Pretty interesting. How many of you watched that show, by the way? Kind of intriguing stuff. Stay with us on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.